Hey everyone, it's Josh here, and you're listening to Marketing Major, a podcast created to help students get a more local, modern, and exciting take on the marketing world. Our next guest on the podcast is Laura Masick from E EDC? Edmonton. <laughs> and she's the marketing and campaign manager for Innovate Edmonton. She joined the EDC. E this is the one I'm gonna have to figure <laughs> out here. <laughs> this is good content. EEDC uh, in twenty seventeen uh, to oversee the Edmonton Made project. Laura, can you tell us a bit about your history in marketing and how you got involved with Edmonton Made? Absolutely. So um, I went to school here in Edmonton. Um, I went to Nate. Don't hurry. <laughs> um, so I went to Nate. I did my uh, marketing diploma there, and then I finished my um, degree in management major in, in marketing at the University of Lethbridge at the Edmonton campus. And um, I knew after my first year of school that I really wanted to go into marketing. Um, I had a really great instructor. It was the stream that had the most um, creativity and still was able to help businesses. And so I thought that was really interesting and um, I had a bit of a knack for it so I thought why not and so from there um, I jumped into working for new ad media and so I did a lot of promotion so I would dress up in you know different uh, companies gear and hand out collateral and so that was a really good way to get a lot of on the ground experience and then from there um, I worked for the University of Alberta in their was a marketing cessation program at the hospital. And so that was um, something that I got to do right out of school. I got to sort of own that project, uh, which was really cool. Um, it was a short-term contract, but I uh, got you know, some really good experience out of the gate. From there, I worked at Calder Waitman for three years. Uh, I was an account coordinator, and that was Awesome experience. I loved it there. Um, got exposed to tons of different kinds of campaigns, people that are way more experienced than <laughs> than I was. Yeah, so I was I was there. It was awesome experience. Um, but uh, a lot of the clients that I worked on were uh, real estate clients. And um, one of the biggest ones, it was about to be sold out. So it was almost finished, but it was about 80% of the work that I did. And there just wasn't um, enough work to backfill. And so at that time, they actually ended up laying off about half the agency. So that's that's like kind of what happens on the agency right. side is, yeah. you know, it's not the most job secure. <laughs> um, so um, so after Calder Bateman, I went and worked for a home builder company and was there. I did PR for them for about a year. And then from there, um, I worked at Top Draw, got some really great digital experience, freelance as an event manager for a little while, yeah. and um, got you know lots of really good varied experience. Everything that uh, really culminated in having a, a really good skill set for the job that I have now. And a, a big part of why I wanted to go into Edmonton Made was because I was volunteering for a group called Apricity. And Apricity chooses one not-for-profit organization to partner with each year to amplify their cause any way that they can. And through that work, I absolutely loved it and thought, man, if I could do this full-time, you know, contributing to the community, supporting the community, I would love that. And so the opportunity with um, Edmonton Made and Make Something Edmonton at uh, EEDC came up. And I thought, oh, my gosh, they're going to actually pay me to do this, just like support local businesses and um, encourage <laughs> grassroots projects. Like, absolutely. Sign me up. Um, so I was uh, at the time kind of deciding between um, EEDC or United Way. 
And I thought EADC had a really good opportunity to sort of shape this um, this program because although Make Something Edmonton was pretty established, uh, Edmonton Made was still very new and hadn't quite been shaped and formed yet. So it was a really good opportunity to take all of this varied experience that I had and implement it into um, shaping this new program. Yeah, that's awesome. And so I guess for our listeners too, you might not have a ton of exposure with e. EEDC. <laughs> I don't think it. I'm going to get it. Uh, which is the economic, no, Edmonton Economic Development Center? Right? Corporation. Corporation. All yeah, right. Edmonton Economic Development Corporation. Already learning lots. <laughs> yeah. uh, but can you explain kind of like the different layers? Because you work for, your title is under Innovate Edmonton, but there's also these sub layers too to the group and then kind of how your marketing team fits into that equation. Sure. So um, EDC is uh, quite a large organization. And so the main purpose of EDC is to generate economic impact for the city of Edmonton. Um, so making sure that we have, you know, a varied economy and that we can uh, make sure that there's sustainable economic activity happening in the region. Within EDC, we have the Edmonton Convention Center, formerly Shaw Conference Center. Um, we have the Edmonton Expo Center, which was just acquired uh, last year. And then we have Edmonton Tourism, which, as you can imagine, attracts tourists and visitors to our city. And then there's Enterprise Edmonton, and they uh, encourage um, exporting of goods from Edmonton and encouraging foreign investment into Edmonton. And then Innovate Edmonton is where I am. So within Innovate Edmonton, um, we have Startup Edmonton, uh, the research park. Um, which is out in uh, kind of near South Edmonton Common. And then we have Make Something Edmonton and Edmonton Made. So so Make Something Edmonton actually came out of some work that was requested by uh, Mayor Mandel, and I, th- I believe it was about 2013, 2014. And so he identified that uh, the city of Edmonton had a bit of a brand and reputation opportunity. <laughs> and so he put together a task force to address this opportunity and find out what Edmonton's brand story is. Because he found that, you know, whenever you ask somebody, oh, you're from Edmonton, what's that like? And there wasn't really a unified story for people to tell or for any kind of narrative for them to, to get behind. And so this task force task force was put together to go out and survey Edmontonians and, and really draw out that, that brand story and what's important to them. And so from that work, um, this uh, brand book was created that's called The World Needs More Edmonton. And um, the main brand pillars were identified. Um, and I'll just show you here. So <clears throat> the main brand characteristics are um, open, inventive, courageous, and cooperative. And so those were kind of the uh, main brand pillars that the Edmonton story was were written around. Um, so as the most northern city in Canada, um, what were some of the things that set us apart? Well, some of the stories that they were able to pull out of the uh, work that they did was that, um, you know, this city is very collaborative. We, we created the first uh, Edmonton food bank, um, or pardon me, the first food bank. Um, right. We built the first mosque um, in Canada right here at Edmonton. Um, and so all of these stories came together to uh, create our larger brand story. So from this work, the platform MakeSomethingEdmonton.com was created um, as a way to aggregate these stories and uh, make sure that they're captured and so that people could continue to contribute to the Edmonton story. And so 
you know, speed ahead a few years. <laughs> um, out of that, it was I noticed that uh, Edmonton has a really strong entrepreneurial spirit. And so I um, wanted to make sure that that was really captured and, and fostered more. And so Edmonton Made, that's where Edmonton Made was born from. So all of these sort of businesses that were a part of the platform were were pulled out and um, and created into this new spinoff platform called that, Edmonton Made. Yeah, <laughs> that, that's a perfect uh, little recap of how Edmonton Made was born for our listeners to understand that, to introducing Edmonton Made. So I wanted to start off with the badge that most students are probably familiar. I know I have one on my laptop uh, and I see it all around campus and at all. All the good shops in Edmonton, when you, you see the Edmonton made like logo everywhere, it seems like. Uh, so can you explain kind of the double-sided nature of the badge and how each group gets involved from the consumers and also uh, the businesses? Absolutely. So Edmonton made uh, kind of has two pieces of the program. So um, one side is the badge program. The other side is the web platform. So the badge program is um, a way to identify businesses that are headquartered in Edmonton, are committed to quality and craftsmanship, um, open to collaborating with other Edmonton-made businesses, and are supportive of the Edmonton and area community. So when you see that in someone's storefront or on their website, um, you know that they're a really great local business. And then when um, somebody wears the badge or, you know, has it uh, on their on their laptop or on their yeah, notebook. I got, or, mine, I got mine on my, on my yeah, hoodie too. Love it. <laughs> um, so that means that they're a supporter of local businesses. Uh, on the flip side, the uh, web platform, that's where we can tell stories about local businesses, uh, connect them to resources to help them grow and bring them to new audiences. So um, ways that we do that is through our online business directory. So when a business registers, they get listed in the business directory. And then um, so that's where you can search if you're looking for um, somebody who's a, anything from a local landscaper to a local cookie shop to um, local jewelry, uh, all that kind of stuff. One, one thing that's important to mention is that the businesses have to be headquartered in Edmonton, but they don't necessarily need to manufacture their, their product here. So as long as it's designed here and their business is headquartered here, then that means that the economic impact of that business stays in Edmonton. Um, so that's how that's how they're able to be a part of the program. One of the main ways that we bring businesses to new audiences is through our gifted catalog. And so this is an annual gift catalog that we put together, and it comes out every uh, September 19th on Edmonton May Day. And uh, the purpose of the catalog is to make it super easy to shop local and showcase local businesses. So our 2018 catalog featured 111 products by 84 different local businesses. We had 14 different feature stories, three different shopping districts. All of the products that are listed in the catalog, you can find where to purchase them, whether in the physical catalog um, or all the information is available online and you can shop all the products online at edmontonmade.com. And I was thinking just before we dive into the gifted campaign, you had an interesting point about identifying gifted's target audience and you talked about being able to identify them on the street and that kind of means that you've done a, a good job selecting your target audience. Can you talk about the overall strategy behind selecting your target audience for uh, Edmonton Made? Because I think as as students, we kind of see that as being a very like step by step process, but we don't really get any perspective on how it works like on the street in that sense. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, it's probably um, kind of similar to how you do it at school, but it's just a lot more sped up. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so we don't usually get as much time and um I've I found with with the different places that I've worked that they're usually you don't usually get 
um, the luxury of time to spend um, so early on in a project, uh, which was something that was really unique with Edmonton Made, is that I did have a bit of opportunity because the program was so young, it was only about six months old when I came on, that I got to really dive in and really tease out the different audiences that I wanted to target. And so, yeah, so I was really glad that I was able to to do that. And the way that I approached it was through a little bit of, you know, talking with uh, the folks in tourism and, you know, different audiences that are important to them, looking at who within Edmonton would most likely shop local, you know, and, and looking at some different demographics within the city. So uh, through the city of Edmonton, you can find these different demographic profiles and that kind of thing. And so um, that secondary research. Exactly. <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, we did all secondary research because yeah. um, it's very rare that you're able to do primary um, unless you time consuming and you got to pay for it. Too, yeah, exactly. It's expensive. It takes a long time. It's, you know, and and even then, like your target can always shift and change. And so it's um, it might be accurate for for a little while, but it's, you know, I, and I know we had talked about this before where, um, especially target audiences, they're, they're honestly a best guess. They're an educated guess of who you, who's most likely to purchase your product. Marketing in general is not an exact science. It's always just using the information that you have to make the most well-educated, you know, assumptions and, and guess that you can and, and move forward, um, you know, try something, measure it, and try again. When we were approaching the audience segments, um, I narrowed it down to locals, uh, local Edmontonians, well, pardon me, trendy Edmontonians, um, uh, tourists, and corporations. So um, I knew that um, because we do have, you know, a lot of government agencies and uh, a number of larger organizations, they do a lot of gifting, whether that's for their clients or for their employees and that kind of thing. So I um, wanted to make sure it was tapping into into that audience. Um, of course, trendy Edmontonians because they're the <laughs> ones that are going to tell everyone else about how, you know, this great, wonderful product is that they found. Um, and then tourists, because often when people come to a city, they are looking for something that's uniquely from that city. And it's they're looking for something that they can't find anywhere else. And that'll be, you know, reminiscent of their of their trip. So those were sort of the three audiences that I found uh, made the most sense with the product that I have, which is local products. Those are the, the three that I settled on. And to um, do a little bit of a deep dive into each one, something that I uh, did to get a, a clearer picture of, of each one was do a bit of a day in the life. So, for example, with our trendy Edmontonian, I would say, okay, so this is somebody who likely lives downtown university area, um, somebody who's close to some of the you know local shopping districts, you know, likes a good cup of coffee. <laughs> um, you know, this is somebody who is, you know, pretty in the know. They probably read Avenue magazine. They probably are on on top of current events and and that th- that sort of thing. So I even try to go as as detailed as like, okay, they wake up in the morning. Um, what do they do? Do they look at Instagram? Do they look at the newspaper? Do they watch TV? They probably look at Instagram. <laughs> yeah. yeah, fair enough. Um, they probably don't even have TV. They probably have like <laughs> Netflix, oh, Netflix that they're borrowing from who knows who. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, so, you know, thinking about the different touch points throughout the potential buyer's day can really help you clarify the picture of what, what their lifestyle is like and what kinds of media that they consume and um, can help you really narrow down what kind of messages might resonate with that type of person and also what kind of media you should be selecting for them. You know, especially with this audience, they're one of our larger audiences. um, And we can see this reflected in the media that 
that we've chosen because we know that we spend a lot of money on social media because that's where we where our audience is. That's where the biggest um, amount of traction is that we get. Um, engagement is is all on social media. So um, so it's really interesting to you know set out these personas that that you're like okay I think this person's like this and I bet they're like that and you know and then to you know maybe identify them on the street and be like oh that's a trendy Edmontonian oh my gosh <laughs> um, and then you know being able to target them through. Um, the marketing and and see it um, be reflected back that, you know, through engagement or through likes or visits to the website that like, okay, when we did this, this jumped up. So, okay, let's keep doing that. And I think what's um, really cool too with, you know, when you're, when you're shopping local, for example, you know, a a corporation might want to do a a chocolate gift basket or something like that. But if you, you know, do one that's local, um, I know, for example, Jasic Chocolates, they... So good. So good. (laughs) Yeah. First off, so good. Um, Second, they uh, collaborate with lots of uh, other local businesses. So um, I, I love discovering these different collaborations. And um, for example, Jasic uses uh, Hanson Distillery's gin in some of their chocolate. And then Brobrick, which is a soap company, will use some of uh, Jasic chocolate husks in their soap as an exfoliant. That's so, cool, yeah. And yeah. Even, even Jasic has a beer with like, uh, it's one in Jasper. It's like Folder, oh, okay. Folder Mountain Brewing, I think. They Folder, do like Folder a, yeah, they do, uh, they use their chocolate in, in like a chocolate porter. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, cool. And I've even seen, like, Jasic and Credo, too, do, like, pairings yeah. together, like, coffee and chocolate tastings. So, yeah, yeah it's really cool how collaborative uh, the Edmonton environment is in, in terms of, like, those local businesses. I think, um, I guess it's it's really unique to Edmonton. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that goes back to, um, you know, the, the Make Something Edmonton brand pillars of, you know, that we're a collaborative city and it's just something that's in the fabric of of who we are I don't know where it started I don't you know and I don't know where it comes from but um you know maybe it's part of being the most northern city and that you have to you know kind of come together to survive in in the wilderness and um you know I think that's it's something that's just ingrained in us to to be open and collaborative and um and you're absolutely right it is something that is unique to our city and um a big reason to stay here is um because there people are very open and and receptive and and willing to to help you out and give give back to the community which is um yeah very very unique to our city yeah i feel like we've had that on the podcast too where when i asked that question like what's something you like about marketing in edmonton that's a common response is like the collaboration and we talked about ace on here too like we had panita on and she talks about how open open the city is towards marketing and she says like even if you think you want to go to like a vancouver or toronto it's really good idea to start here and just get your get your roots in marketing and, and you'll learn how how open and collaborative and how fast you learn when when the atmosphere is like that uh, so let's dive into the gifted campaign. So the gifted catalog is in its second year right now, and I'm wondering what you saw for the upcoming year in gifted 2018, and what kind of new initiatives you wanted to implement. Yeah, so um, we learned a lot from the first year of gifted, being the first time that we ever did it. It was um, a lot of just trial and error, and you know we weren't really sure we you know, what categories we wanted. We had kind of had an idea. We didn't know what kind of submissions we were going to get. So it's very much just, let's just like throw it, throw it up and see what sticks. <laughs> um, so in the second year, we had a little bit of opportunity to uh, take a step back and say, okay, 
So this is, um, you know, these are the categories we had. These were some of the, um, you know, marketing tactics that we used, uh, what worked, what didn't, and what can we improve for next year. Um, so three uh, main things that I wanted to improve were making sure that the businesses that were a part of the catalog were ambassadors for um, not only Edmonton Made, but EEDC. So A, they know what EEDC was, <laughs> knew what it stood for. can pronounce um, it. can pronounce <laughs> it. <laughs> um, and, uh, and so it was really important for me to make sure that they were well prepared to be ambassadors for the program. Um, and also be able to network with each other a little bit more and meet each other because um, they, I mean, you know, a lot of times they'd meet each other at markets or that kind of thing. But this is an opportunity to pull together like 84 different business owners and, and get them into one room to start talking and um, that kind of thing. Um, and so I, that was um, something that I really uh, thought was going to be important for this year. And then um, I wanted there to be a physical way that you could uh, shop the catalog. So be able to meet the the people behind um, the businesses. And I always want to try to make the business owners feel like rock stars. That's <laughs> that's sort of my like North Star. Um, so the more that we can, um, you know, hype them up or like print really huge pictures of them or, um, you know, encourage people to come and, and check them out. And, um, you know, because they're, they're making really cool stuff and they're working really hard. And um, so I think that they, you know, deserve as much attention as we can get them. Yeah. Number two was uh, creating a, a in-person way to shop the catalog. Um, and then the third major thing that I wanted to do was um, create a really engaging campaign that was focused around this idea of um, gifts that go a long way so you don't have to. Really well thought out gifts that that are that are easy to find that you don't have to go a long way for. And I wanted to make sure that um, it wasn't only us that was talking about that. Um, so something that's really important is to have other people also pump up your product. You know, I think this is just human nature, but if you hear it directly from somebody, it's less believable. And so um, I think that it's really important to have uh, brand ambassadors or, you know, people who um, also, you know, genuinely really love your product and want to um, promote it. Yeah, that's even interesting. I, I think about the the restaurant industry too, and when you ask, when you ask a server, like, oh, what's good here? Is this good? And they're always like, oh, yeah, yeah, it's good, it's good. And then when you talk to your friend, like, oh, why did you go there? Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, that, that's a really interesting point. And especially because when you implemented the influencer marketing, like, it's also a fine line between, like, wanting, you want it to seem, or I guess, how am I wording this? Like, we, we want it to be really authentic. Yeah, and, and not, yeah. like, you don't want to look like a sellout. Yeah, <laughs> that makes well, sense. <laughs> no, I think that I think that's really important though, because um, I think it is. You don't want it to be sort of in your face and you know clumsy and yeah, you know. And I I think a way to avoid that is to make sure that it um, the influencer blogger that you're working with um, the the content that they're talking about works seamlessly into what they would talk about anyway, so that it's just a natural you know, that they would naturally talk about your product and not, and it doesn't seem forced or you're like, oh, that's a, that's definitely paid. Like she would never say that or, <laughs> yeah. you know, he would never endorse that. Uh, <clears throat> I think it's really important to make sure that whoever you're partnering with, that your brand really aligns with their values as well. That's where you get that seamless, you know, you, oh, they, they talk like, for example, um, we partnered with Carrie Skelton 
And she has partnered in the past with lots of other local retailers, um, local beauty brands, you know, and she she always talks about shopping local and how much she loves it and how she loves 124th Street in the area. And <laughs> and so, you know, we were like, hey, could you just say that? But just like add him to made at the end. That would be great. <laughs> <Just> <laughs> um, some money. Yeah. <laughs> and it was it was part like she was so excited to, you know, be able to talk about these products and she came up with so many great ideas of how to pair the products together to create really great gift ideas and so it just worked really seamlessly and was really a really natural partnership yeah i thought even the product of the influencer marketing too like she added something in her own way even like looking at the blog content like the gifts were really well thought out even just the way they worked together like it made sense Mm -hmm. it wasn't just like you should buy these because they're Edmonton made and they're paying me for it. It was like <laughs> she actually took it in her own direction too, which I think is cool. Yeah, which is really important too because it's it's content for for herself too, right? It's not just Edmonton made content, which is um, really important that it's that um, you know beneficial for both parties and that you know it's it's not one sided, but that you know it's really great content that fits on her site anyway. And same with us. So in, in regards to the gifted marketing. Or no, the gifted market. <laughs> uh, what was the reasoning for you to add that physical element element to the gifted catalog? Well, in the first year that we put out the catalog, um, we did a really limited run of the physical version, um, and so we cause we we wanted to drive people to purchase online, and um, and we found that it worked okay, but I received so many requests for the physical catalog that. Um, and 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 a physical way to to shop sort of all in one place that I was like, okay, well, you know, we could do that. <laughs> um, so I think it was really important to kind of listen to what people were were saying. And so um, this year we decided to to do a market where um, it was tied in with our launch of the catalog. So this was the first time that you could get a copy of the gift catalog, a physical version. Um, first time that you could shop um, the the gifted catalog in person, so you could meet the business owners behind each of the brands, or at least the majority of them, not everyone could make it. But, um, and I, I really wanted to do it in somewhere that was like cool. Like it had like a cool vibe. Um, and so we did our first one at the Oliver Exchange building, which is, uh, it's located on 121st street and 120th Ave, kind of around there. Um, and so there's, um, uh, a store that just moved in there, Plum Home and Design, and so they carry a lot of uh, local products. Um, and actually, each of the retailers that are going into that building are all going to be local or small businesses. Oh, and, that's handy. Yeah, so um, they weren't. Uh, it was just Plum that was open at the time, but they, you know, just the trying to drive some traffic to that building and um, encouraging people to explore a new location that they could shop local um, was was really cool, and I loved the uh, idea behind it. And then, um, so there were all of the uh, spaces were spoken for, except for these two uh, vacant spaces on the second floor. And um, it was really cool. It was like, you know, like all brick and like <laughs> iron and like open to the second floor and like cool lighting. And so as soon as I walked in, it was like, yes, this is where the market needs yeah, to be. Yeah, trendy Edmontonians are going to love this. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, uh, yeah, so we filled up the two uh, vacant spaces and we had, and there was an iconoclast, wasn't quite open yet, but um, but they were able to provide some coffee and um, some treats. And so it was uh, a really cool experience, I think, for shoppers. Um, and we had uh, just over a thousand people come through in, wow. in one day. So really happy with, 
with how that turned out and gave away, you know, hundreds and hundreds of catalogs. And <laughs> so I think that that was, um, that was really great. And actually the, the Friday night we did um, a VIP night wherein we invited um, other influencers and friends of the program and partners and, and that kind of thing to be able to shop um, the, the market first. And, uh, and so that was, that was really nice to be able to provide the sort of exclusive um, experience for them. Um, and then it was open to the public all day on the Saturday and, um, yeah, it was, it worked out really great. So I'm, I'm glad that we tried it. We definitely learned a lot again from, um, from that experience. Um, so it'll be something that we're going to carry into, to next year and seeing how we can streamline it. You know, maybe we make it longer, maybe we, um, uh, all the admission that we collected, we ended up donating, um, which at the end of the day was, I'm, I'm glad we did that, but we didn't make quite as much as I was hoping we would make. <laughs> so I think there's definitely some opportunity to uh, reduce some of our costs and that kind of thing. And so, you know, we ran into some challenges with um, there was just there was no power in the two rooms and there was oh, no lights. And so yeah, so <laughs> had to, you know, bring in power and bring in lights. And yeah. so although it was a really cool space, it was, um, uh, you know, I think there's some opportunity for us to find some uh, more cost-effective ways, but you know that's why we try things and we yeah. learn things. And um, yeah, I think it's really important to listen to to your customers and see what they what they like. And and you know we got lots of really great feedback. So um, all things that we're going to use towards next year. Before we wrap things up, I just wanted to kind of give you the time and the space to be able to provide any like advice or marketing wisdom that you'd like to leave for listeners. Because like I know you're a marketing student too, so there's probably some things that you've learned now that you might wish you would have known back then? Yeah, I think the the biggest thing that, that I've learned that I didn't realize coming out of school was that marketing is not a perfect science. And it's okay to not know all of the information before trying something. The biggest thing is just to try stuff. Did you know there was power in the building before you guys tried out the market? <laughs> did you give her? Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, there were, there were like power panels, oh, but okay. they to distribute the power within the room, I needed an electrician to come in and set that up. And, right. That makes and sense. electricians are very expensive. Yes. <laughs> just so you know. Um, so, um, yeah, marketing is not a perfect science, so make sure that you're just gathering as much information as you can and then just try stuff. So the, the more that you can try stuff, the more you can learn from it and, and put it forward to the, the next project that you're going to do and just refine. So try to uh, try a whole bunch of different things and then refine it so that you can really get to the, to the sweet spot of what's going to be most effective um, for your audience and what resonates with them most. Also, you know, I think mentoring is really important. So making sure that, you know, it's, it's, it's nice to uh, have a mentor yourself, but also peer-to-peer mentorship and um, making sure that you're uh, giving back and mentoring um, to somebody who's coming up, um, I think is really important so that because in Edmonton, it's this really open collaborative environment and the more that you give, the more you'll, you'll get. So make sure to give back to your community. Nice. That's a good way to end it. All right. Well, thanks for coming on the podcast, Laura. My pleasure. Thanks so much for having me. This episode was produced by myself, Josh Radistitz, and the team at UAMA Productions. If you like this episode, leave us a rating and share it with your friends. It helps everyone discover the show. Keep an eye out on UAMA's social or subscribe for our upcoming episode. Mm-hmm.